Galway Bay FM Sports News with Western Motors. Test drive the Volkswagen Golf, Polo and all-new Volkswagen Tiago today. Visit volkswagengalway.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's programme. Ollie is uh, looking at uh, sport uh, today. Oliver, good morning to you. Morning First off, that's sad news coming in. The awfully football manager, Liam Curran, 60 years of age, same as myself, Shocker. passed away suddenly. Uh, unbelievable. And I mean, this would have news would have broken last night late enough so it hasn't appeared in too many of today's newspapers he took training with Offaly yesterday morning felt a bit unwell and then we heard the news that he passed away last night so whether it was a heart attack something very sudden that happened to Liam anyway and I mean he'd be obviously a current inter-county manager so we haven't seen the likes of this uh, before and it, it really oh. is a shock for Offaly where he was the manager and his native Kerry where he won an All-Ireland minor medal in 1980 um, he was one of two candidates for the Galway manager's position in 2019. Uh, Porrick Joyce obviously got the job, but, yeah. but Liam was well got in Galway because he was manager of Tipperary when they beat Galway a couple of years previous when Kevin Welch was manager in an All-Ireland quarter-final and beat them well. Everywhere he's went, he's done a good job. And this is a hammer blow, not just to Offaly, but to the GA in general to think that such a, a high-profile inter-county manager is just snuffed out like that. Mm. Very, very sad. Shocking, sad, shocking, sad. I thought it was his um, family in Kerry and all of those in um, involved with them as well. Because the FAI new um, kit partnership is uh, Castor. Uh, who are they? Who is Castor? I have no idea. Other than uh, I just a quick couple of quick little searches on Castor. Um, they provide the kit for Rangers in Scotland, for Newcastle United and Wolves in the Premier League, and now this new company have done a deal. Uh, with Ireland so I'd imagine this is their first foray into the international market so they were founded um, by Tom Behan who pronounced it Castor and one of their investors is Andy Murray the tennis player Mm. they also have grown pretty rapidly as well by having a lot of strong investment from the Issa brothers so they're the guys the billionaires who own Asda over in the UK Okay, so So they're they're having a fairly major impact in the space of a couple of years on the market so watch out now for Castor a new Irish soccer jersey coming out Castor it's like the oil except it was our Castor yeah <laughs> yeah that's exactly don't, be, look, don't yeah. be looking at me like that now please Come here, it was a very busy it was a very busy weekend so it was and I was listening quite a bit over the weekend and indeed uh, Niall Canavan was um, he didn't hold back last night uh, on the Galway game either but um it was a very busy weekend. To yeah, it was good. I enjoyed listening to the lads yesterday. There wasn't really the cut and thrust that you'd normally expect of a of a Galway Clare match or a Galway Anting match. But then again, as kind of Marty Morrissey explained in a lovely chat with the lads at halftime where he was talking about the, the Marty party coming up in Leisureland at the end of March, uh, that, you know, Clare and Galway is not really the same as Clare and Tip or Clare and Limerick or those monster championship rivalries. He says, we actually like he, says uh, Marty. And there is, <laughs> like Galway people and Clare people get on. There's an awful lot of people married either side of the border, uh, down Gort direction or whether you uh, creep across into County Good point, Clare. Yeah. Good point, so um, there was a certain friendliness about the match. It was open. Uh, Clare tore into the lead 8-1 up after 14 minutes. And I thought, God, this is... This is going to be pear-shaped. But Galway got back into it. We're only one down at halftime and then took over in the second half mm. and eventually won by 124 to 22 points. Once Conor Whelan got the goal, that really gave them a foothold. So it was a good workout. Look at they'll play Westmead the next Sunday. Galway more than likely now won't be involved in the semi-finals 
of the National League so the next time we see them will be in a month's time in the Championship and that's when it really kicks off. Galway though head into Leinster clear back into the absolute shark pool that is the Munster Championship and who knows whether or not we'll meet later on in the Championship but it was an entertaining game yesterday and first time Galway had won in Ennis in a long time but look at a, a decent workout Niall doesn't um, get cross very often but was there something to do with the referee or was it there was a bit of that during the course of the game and even Sean and Cyril as well on commentary were uh, alluding to, to Mr Lyons our Cork referee Henry Shefflin was going bananas for the most part of the game with some of the baffling decisions yeah. uh, of freeze the free count was heavily in favour of Clare than Galway but look it's, it's a game it's a game in Ennis it's a uh, hometown decisions those kind of things happen as well call it human nature call it whatever you want but there was a, a lot of energy expanded on the sideline by the Galway manager I think in terms of trying to get a bit of justice for his side from the match officials which I think ultimately he succeeded in doing uh-huh. as Galway got over the line to win by five points elsewhere yesterday the Galway Camogie girls at minor level started their championship campaign with the win over Waterford uh, so that was a good result for them. The Galway under-20 footballers had a fine win over Dublin in difficult conditions. I mean, we were wondering, would this game even go ahead on Saturday, given how, how much rain had fallen? It was up in Port Leash, so it went ahead. Not the greatest conditions, but Galway won at 14-13. It's only a development league. It's really a warm-up for the championship in a mm. few weeks' time when Galway play Leitrim in a Connacht semi-final at home. But it was still a good win for Donald Farrity's sides and, and, and a nice workout. But of course, all the talk is going to be about next Saturday, Keith, and what's going on. Galway and Armagh, we spoke about this a week ago, two weeks yeah, ago. Still going ahead. It's at five o'clock in Armagh. And Maybe now that we break. know that Ireland have beaten Scotland, it's a Grand Slam game. Not that it mattered whether or not it was, because either way, the game for a month, on. we knew it was going to be a yeah. championship decider. Uh, Ireland and England is on at the same time, five o'clock. So just to clarify, RT don't have any rights to the rugby. That's Virgin TV, TV3 and Old Money. But they do have the Go Armagh game down for RT2 on Saturday at five o'clock. So whether there's been any approach from Galway and or Armagh, we're not hearing that there has been. So five o'clock, Galway Armagh, five o'clock, Ireland, England. Vote now. Straight away, 086. 38, 33, 55, uh, 3. Where's that game on? It's in Armagh, in the Athletic Grounds. Yeah, yeah, at least. Around. And the rugby, obviously, in the Aviva. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. But um, I mean, that's history in the making. If Ireland win that, yeah. it's only a fourth ever Grand Slam. And to win it at home, the day after St. Patrick's Day, Would be and amazing. England got such a tonking from France at the weekend, 53-10. Expect a bit of a backlash from England. That's all I'll say there. I mean, mm-hmm. God above, I mean, who are we to think that we can... Mm-hmm. arrive in chest out that we're guaranteed to win against England I mean we should based on recent results but Bortwick is under pressure now and it's been a torrid start to him so he's going to have to get a, a bit of reaction and he's, he's going, definitely going to have to look at at least three if not four changes in personnel for that Ireland game mm-hmm. and he's going to have to shake things up and will Andy Farrell's young lad start for England because uh, for me again he's he is a frontline England player and Andy Farrell's son. Mm. Our coach Owen Farrell. Our coach's son plays for England. And playing against Ireland. Well, that's if he starts him. He didn't start Borthwick didn't start him uh, against France, brought him on. I thought to decent effect in the final quarter when England showed that's, a little bit. That's but, so um, yeah, I don't know. Marcus Smith is at out half at the moment for England. He's watery mm. enough for me. Uh, but look at Ireland to be honest. They dug out a good result against Scotland. It was going they a bit did. pear-shaped for them in it the first was, quarter. Uh, first quarter. First half, even. Oh, yeah. They, they were hit with all sorts of injury problems and ended up with 
But they pulled it out of the uh, fire very well. Having to play in like Keen Healy at Hooker. Like there, there was all sorts going on that they had mm-hmm. to adapt. And that's why Andy Farrell said it was probably the most satisfying win he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Because literally it went over and beyond anything that could go wrong, did go wrong. And they, the players proved adaptable on the field. And that's all you want. <laughs> But they did outrun um, Scotland. I mean, and the end, they, they did. Yeah. Scotland were really coming up rocks, you know. Yeah, like phys- physically, uh, Ireland are just supreme at the moment. And you looked at France's performance; it put into context how good Ireland were to beat France. But again, I keep harping back to it. It's all about the World Cup this year. Fair play, Ireland will win a Grand Slam, and that's mighty. It'll be forgotten about by September. And the way things are shaping up, if Ireland and France keep winning, they'll go head to head in the quarterfinals, perhaps in a World Cup. And that's really the last match Ireland want. France mm-hmm. at home to Ireland in a World Cup quarter final. I think at this stage Ireland would prefer New Zealand mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're looking like they could beat anybody in the world. But the French at home, they are on a mission at the moment and they must be one of the favourites, if not the current bookies' favourites for the World Cup. Having home advantage is huge. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's huge. neither here nor there. The under-20s on Friday night put up a cricket score against Scotland. So they're going for a Grand Slam as well. I remember three Connacht lads on that team. So we have a strong involvement and Connacht are really, you know, more than contributing to the Irish rugby success story. Uh, Soccer-wise, you refer to their Arsenal restore their five-point advantage. Yeah, there's, they won, Man City won. And that's all they can do is keep winning. And mm. if Arsenal can keep that five-point buffer, then even when they go to City uh, in a few weeks' time, if they lose, they'll still have the opportunity yeah. to maintain a two-point lead. So it's it's creeping on. Look, at there's still an awful lot more matches left in the season than Arsenal would like. I'm sure they'd prefer if they were down to five or six games to go rather than 10 or 12 uh, but in fairness to them, they did what they had to do against Fulham. Tricky opposition, London Derby, won it well. City dug out a 1-0 win away to Crystal Palace, which was important for them at the weekend as well. So as every week moves on, the pressure intensifies. But you'd have to say that Arsenal's win over Bournemouth last week was one of those results that you ever got everybody thinking, you know what, their name might well be on it when you see them coming from okay. 2-0 down to win it. Mentioning Bournemouth, they only went and toppled Liverpool. Uh, you heard Niall saying yesterday that no, Liverpool went from 7 up to Coke 0 uh, and in the space of a week. So after hammering Man United 7-0, went and lost 1-0 to Bournemouth at the weekend as well. So it just shows you, I suppose, in the context how short uh, a week is oh, yeah, in the life yeah. of sport. Don't mind politics. Um, golf, uh, Scotty Scheffler? Yeah, dominated. I didn't even watch the end of it because he this won long before the finish. He was six clear with six holes to play. Ended up winning it by five shots from Tyrrell Hatton who was probably back home in England uh, by the time uh, Scotty Scheffler finished off because he'd finished early in the day, shot a great round seven under and Hatton ended up coming second. Massive money out of it, over four and a half million for Scheffler. He's world number one, he only needed to finish in the top five and have Ram and McElroy not uh, to be world number one and that's what happened. McElroy and Ram didn't even play the weekend. Ram out with uh, illness. McElroy just too much on his plate at the moment with taking on Live Golf and being the spokesperson for the PGA Tour. I think everybody's just agreeing now. Rory, just shut up. No more interviews or giving out about Greg Norman or anything. Play a bit of golf and get ready for Augusta. He's gone grumpy looking, God love him. Well, I suppose if you're, you know, trying to fight the good fight... And yeah, but focus on the game. Put yourself first. Yeah, look, I'd say it's been pretty energy sapping, Keith, the last year for him, you know, trying has to... to, has to be. First of all, you know, fall out with good friends of his who've taken the money and gone mm. and jumped ship and gone into the Saudi back to live tour and you could definitely see that the, the stresses he's are coming there now so. don't get me wrong I mean, I mean he's, he's won in the recent past as well including over in Dubai but he was a pale shadow of himself at the weekend at the players a 
you know, tournament that he won four years I ago. That, yeah. And Manny felt that, you know, he was the obvious choice to go and win it again, but never really gave himself a chance from the very first hole he was in trouble. So uh, be interesting to see how McElroy, he should really just go away now and not hear from him until April and see what happens at the at the Masters. Take a rest. It's just... Take a rest. Just yeah. too much, too much po- politics creeping into his game. Come here before I go to uh, racing. The Gary Lineker situation at the weekend just shows the power that the man has. Does it, or does it show how brain dead the BBC are at at the top level, <laughs> and how tied they are in, and how out of date they are, and and like you talk about politics, but like the, the, the BBC is it's extraordinary at the moment. And I think you know, hats off to Alex Scott who's one of my favourite presenters on the TV. She's a girl that would have played for England. And she backed Lineker first. So she came out and says, I'm not doing football focus on Saturday as a show of solidarity to Lineker, who had been, you know, you could just imagine, can't you, the, the around, the, around the boardroom in the BBC, what you're talking about there. I mean, mm. it's, it's everything that, that old British colonialism stood for, you know, kind of... Well, they broke them down. Middle-aged, overweight white men deciding, no... We're Tories. We're going to give a little slap on the wrist here to Lineker. Granted, there's the big debate about your personal opinions on Twitter when you're a presenter like that, and that's fine. Well, he, apparently, he was exempt. I mean, if you're sport or, or entertainment or otherwise like that, you're well, exempt. Gary, he's, News, no. He's a long time on the go. 1999, he took over Match of the Day. So, like, he is the face of the BBC in terms of their sports coverage. And he's good. I mean, let's be fair. He's good, yeah. uh, as a guy who's made the transition from playing to presenting, not many have been as good as he on has four, been. On four million a year. Uh, and look at good luck to him. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously worth it in terms of the numbers and, and the popularity of that program. When you consider the, how sports coverage has evolved and the advent of Sky and so many other, mm-hmm. you know, television channels right around the road that are showing soccer 24-7, to think the match of the day are still... Holding an holding audience, it, yeah. given that it's a highlights program, the night that all these matches or the weekend these matches have already been finished, and people are so immediate about getting the results and, and probably get these matches on BN Sports if they want to watch them live in the afternoon anyway from the, the a studio in the Middle East. But getting back to it, I think in fairness to Alex Scott, she backed Lineker, and then the other presenters like Jason, the guy that does the the the, the results show on the Saturday, he kicked in as well and then the commentators, and then they had the ludicrous audacity of having a match of the day programme without a presenter uh, and without Without any commentary. So, like, what was that? So, I think the BBC have more or less kind of come to some sort of an agreement with Lineker now. I think both are probably going to take a step back from their positions and, you know, maybe have a rap, maybe not not so much a rap on the wrist, but more or less saying, look at Gary, keep your opinions to yourself, but we were wrong in how we handled it with you as well. And I think that's, Probably what's okay. going to come out of this. Uh, you didn't get the call anyway. So I didn't. Day. No, yeah. A lot of talk about Marty Morrissey, but he denied it as well. <laughs> Listen, I right? think we're all in trouble if uh, if sports programs just become without a need for a presenter and commentators. <laughs> uh, racing wise, we're in we're in Ireland. Uh, we are. We're in Thurles this afternoon. It's the calm before the storm because, of course, tomorrow, Keith, it's the start of oh, Cheltenham. Yeah. Really looking forward to it uh, each morning. I know you're going to have uh, plenty of opinions on what's going to win the big races. Four days now of Ireland versus England, pretty much. Willie Mullins bringing God knows how many horses over there to try and win. I love this time of year. I just uh, it is. It's exciting. Yeah. And of course, it's 
it, it kind of whets our appetite as well for Ballybrit, which is never that far around the corner. Then around the, the corner. So, Thurless today starts at 20 past one. Wonderful. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Hey, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's uh, programme. And uh, what did you say to me, John, sorry? Okay, if you print it and give it to me, and I'll, I'll uh, read it then from there. We've got a statement coming in, so we have from uh, St. Michael's GAA as well uh, today on our opening slot uh, this morning. Dave McCarthy joins me with uh, financial advice uh, today. Dave, just I suppose I want to touch on the Silicon Valley Bank uh, that went um, out of business. Not a major problem for Ireland. No. No, no. People need to understand this bank was very specialist. It was um, primarily located and primarily operated in California, had some presence in the UK and bits and pieces around the world. It's not a mainstream bank like we would know. It lent and dealt primarily with tech companies and uh, funded them and took deposits from them. It's a, I don't know how to describe it. We didn't have anything like this in Irish terms here. It's so highly specialised in a very... Um, narrow market um, so yeah it had its problems and over the weekend uh, the Federal Reserve stepped in and said all the deposits which again uh, to stress the deposits weren't from ordinary people like you and me the deposits that were held there were from other tech companies and uh, who did business with them and all the deposits are protected and as of in an hour's time when the market opens or uh, two hours in, in New York they will be able to access their money so yeah I mean, it's something nobody wants to see happen, but it's going to have no effect on us here and it's going to be no ripple effect. It's not one of these things that could cause contagion. Yeah. So in other words, it's not something for people to have any concerns Put it out of your mind. Put it out of your mind. Okay. Don't be thinking or worrying about deposits here. It's nothing like that. Um, the government has said that they will introduce a mandatory pension uh, coverage for everybody. Is there any update on this? Somebody wants to know. <laughs> Look, this is an exhausting subject that's been going on for, I suppose, nearly 15 years now. Um, they announced um, early last year that they expect mandatory pension coverage to come in in 2024. They have to work through a whole load of issues to get to that stage. There is also the fundamental fact that it's going to be a cost factor for companies who are going to have to provide um, an element of contribution for their staff for mandatory pension coverage. So I suppose the devil is in the detail how it's going to work and the devil is also in relation to when it'll come in. Um, companies, of course, are expect, are experiencing other issues now, higher cost factors, and the last thing they need is something else that's going to add on to the cost of their staff, which they perceive to be the cost uh, of their staff. Um, whilst I do agree mandatory pension coverage is a fantastic thing and it should come in, but it's the way the government procrastinated and made such a mess of it over the years until you see the final detail and the date announced, I won't believe it. All right, uh, speaking of pensions, uh, somebody was on to us uh, this morning saying, I had a pension in a job that I was in many, many years ago, but I've no information on it. How do I get, go about getting an update on it? The possibility is this person maybe has moved um, address, moved home since they worked for that particular company. Because you should be getting um, annual updates on any paid-up pension benefits you have, irrespective of the fact that you've left that company. So I suspect that probably that is, is what's happened. Um, they need to go back and see if they can find any old documentation to find out who the trustee is. It's usually an independent third-party company. And if that's not the case, and hopefully the company they worked for is still around, they can go back and inquire from them 
as to who do I talk to about this? And they will give him the name of the trustee company that's handling it. The money that they had or the paid up benefits that they had in that hasn't gone up in smoke. It's still there somewhere. And you never know, it could be a, a tidy sum. I've come across a couple of instances in the past where people didn't realise they had certain paid up benefits and forgot about them. And it ran into five figures. So, you know, it's a uh, keep, keep researching, keep searching, listener. Um, try and find out exactly who has it. All right. I'm, uh, I am invested in an Irish Life property fund and they have imposed a six months uh, on encashment. How could they do this? This happened in the last week. Um, people need to understand when you invest in a property fund, as the name suggests, it's bricks and mortars property. These property funds keep a certain amount of cash on hand for people who want to take money out. In other words, a bit of liquidity. But if there are a large number of people start to want to withdraw their funds, that therein is where the problem is with the property fund. Because if you think about it, for argument's sake, we say for every hundred euro eight <clears throat> in the value of the fund, let's say they have 85 of that hundred euro invested in an actual property and 15 in cash. So if a lot of people come along and take the fi- want to take the 15 in cash, you have a problem in terms of the fund. And that's the way they've always operated. Why, so, would, why would they do that? Why would you take money out? Well, some people, for a variety of reasons, so it depends on who's invested. Sometimes you will have large investors in, in, in some of these property funds and for their own reasons, they may want to take the money out. There's also kind of a feeling sometimes with property funds that they've peaked and maybe some investors are starting to take it out. Um, this, this uh, I suppose, pause in terms of withdrawals of property funds has happened many times in the fa- past. Um, it's not exactly something you want to happen at all, that you can't get your hands on your money if you need to. But the, well, what has to happen here is the fund imposes a delay like this and it may, ha- it may have to sell one of the properties to satisfy investors. Um, and that can have an effect on, on values as well. Or else maybe inflows start to restart into the fund and maybe they're getting enough money in to let the people who want to go leave. So it's, it's, it's a common enough occurrence in terms of the last 20 years when this has happened and people need to be aware with the property fund that this can happen. So it is part of the risk mm. of what you're investing in, whereas most other funds don't have that problem. Uh, I was reading the papers um, last week, uh, 4 billion saved in the last quarter of 2022. Yeah, amazing. Like we, we, were, we were seeing incredible figures during the lockdown of the amount of money saved and that was understandable because people couldn't spend money. You know, there was no place to go. You couldn't really unless you were going to spend huge amounts of money online. But, you know, the big things like home improvements and buying, uh, you know, maybe home contents and that, the big ticket items as they call them, people didn't have the opportunity to spend the money on things like that. And then of course when COVID, uh, the lockdown um, finished, there's still a huge amount of money sitting in the banks and there still seems to be an enormous amount of money being saved. Um, and I suppose it is does point to, and I obviously I think we have, which we have unfortunately, we have a two-track economy here. We have people who are suffering considerably um, and we've got homeless people and we've got people at the lower end who are really finding it incredibly difficult. And then you have another sector um, where their, their ability to save is quite substantial because maybe they're getting um, salary increases working in the tech sector, maybe working in medical devices companies. Mm. I mean, we see that on our doorstep here in Galway, the number of enormously successful medical devices companies and all you have to do is walk around Parkmore and see how many cars are up there. 
they're all well-paid jobs. So these are the kind of people who are saving money as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the problem here is is that money on deposit, as we keep saying, even with interest rates having gone up, is still a waste of time. You need to look at alternatives, and there are alternatives out there. If you want high levels of protection, you can get that too. All right, uh, Dave McCarthy, McCarthy and Associates in Woodkeith. Thank you for joining us, and Dave will join us next Monday. If you want to uh, get further details, uh, do please uh, write to Dave McCarthy. Galway BFM, Sandy Road and Galway. I give him a ring on 0915660222. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Very good morning to you. Now, I've got it, gotten a statement in. I've only quickly, quickly glanced uh, through St. Michael's GA statement. And so, Tilnachtacara's proposed um, development of a new club and facility in Minkloon and Rahun. Uh, this um, statement goes down. You have to bear with me. I haven't read it uh, fully. A Saltillachtacara delegation met this week um, with St. Michael's GA club executive to present their plans to develop a new club facility in Minkloon and Rahun. Um, they presented their club reasons and asked that St. Michael's not object and in fact support the development, citing the need for such a facility in the city to promote Gaelic football and sport in general. After deliberation, which uh, with the extended membership of St. Michael's GA Club Committee this evening, uh, we cannot support this plan through S through Saltil Nakhtakara GA claim to have um, GA and general city sporting interests at heart. In its current form, uh, this is purely a plan to promote uh, Saltil Nakhtakara GA uh, with their interests at heart. Furthermore, it's naive to claim that it does uh, anything other than violate the GA ethos in respect to parish catchment areas. In a city, there's always a certain element of members playing with clubs uh, while living outside the immediate catchment area. Uh, We are all familiar with that. But building this new state-of-the-art facility within the catchment area of St. Michael's GA and Rahun Newcastle, uh, flying the Saltilnachnikara flag is nothing short of a threat to the future of our club. The embodiment of this threat has already kicked off, in fact, as this morning our committee received numerous complaints from members living in our catchment area who have been delivered leaflets asking for support of the development. St. Michael's agreed that the city badly needs improved sporting infrastructure, so from that point of view, a facility of this nature is welcome, but not a facility controlled by one dominant GA club. Um, to truly promote GA sport in an equitable, competitive manner, it needs to be shared by several GA clubs. Sultanachtikara GA are the only Gaelic football club uh, in the city that currently has control of their own grounds with pitch, astroturf, floodlights, uh, gym and indoor hall, as well as their access to several other community grounds. A new improved shared facility would level the playing field uh, for all. In this respect, St. Michael's would welcome meaningful discussion uh, with Galway GA County Board, Galway City Council and all City GA clubs together. We could understand everyone's position and see how a shared facility of this nature could come to life for the equitable uh, development of all in the city. Excuse me. A properly shared facility uh, can be a win-win. It can better help to alleviate Sultan Lachnikara's current challenges of dealing with their surge in numbers while allowing smaller city clubs to grow with improved facilities. If one com- if one club becomes too large uh, to the detriment of smaller clubs, uh, sport and healthy living loses out. When players aren't getting fulfilled with meaningful competition at the levels they joined the sport for, there's a bigger drop out rate. St. Michael's GA strongly opposed this development. We're a community club that focuses our energy on growing our membership through our club motto, Exercise, Friendship, Fun, Respect. 
uh, we extend um, the sentiment of this motto in inviting Saltillac Carra GA to consider the parish community ethos of the GA in their final decision. So that's the statement which has come in from them and we're just waiting for something to come in from Rahul as well. Um, Philip Cribben uh, sits opposite me uh, today and uh, from Galway Community College. Uh, Philip, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. How are you keeping? Good. Can I pull you right into that microphone yeah. if you don't mind? You brought two lovely guests with you today. Uh, tell me what you're up to. We're looking at um, the creation of a flag. Creation of a flag, yeah. Uh, thanks for having us. I'm, I'm joined with uh, Orla, one of our third year students, and Sonia, one of our fifth year students. Uh, long story short, we like to be creative and, uh, you know, to kind of think outside the box in Galway Community College. So I had a meeting with our uh, principal, Brian Melia, and Mary McHugh and Stephen Minahan from Magawa City Partnership about uh, about six or seven weeks ago. And we just wanted to kind of freshen things up and uh, try and show, show, I suppose, the wider community who we are and maybe just to rethink about our core values. So like some of the core values we have in the school are resilience, empathy, commu- community, love and peace. So we came up with a really simple idea that we're going to design our flag um, design the school flag uh, so that all students are invited to um, participate in this um, so with funding from Galway City Partnership we'll get the, the flag designed and made and then we'll fly it outside the school but as a bonus the, the winning entry will uh, be able to carry their flag to the top of Crowpatrick which is highly significant as it was uh, in the last couple of weeks is the 175th anniversary of the Irish tricolour. So we just wanted to reflect on what our school is about and I suppose what Ireland is is now and is becoming in the future. And also the fact that St. Patrick's a migrant. You know, he, he, well, he wasn't Irish, he was Welsh, but yet we took him to heart and we took a lot of his values to heart. Mm. So that's basically uh, our simple idea, which hopefully will be a bit of fun and exercise as well. Good on you, ladies. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Um, what what is their role now in this? Is is it representing the school then? Uh, the students' role is is simply to be themselves as, as they always are. You know, innovative uh, leaders. And uh, you know, I have talked to Arlen and Sonia and a lot of the other student bodies about the idea. So w- when they heard that Galway Bay wanted to do an interview, they were they were very eager to get on board and just share their ideas and uh, you know just you know think outside the box a little bit. Who's Arla? Orla's over here. I'm going to go over to you, Orla, first. Um, what are you going to do? I am going to. Conti- I'm going to contribute to this as all students that would like to do so, to creating a flag that represents our school and our values. Mm. And the values are there, um, so they are. But it's a matter then of creating it. Will you do it digitally or will you do it mechanically or? I physically? think I'm going to do it digitally. Okay. Are you an expert on the digital side of things? No. Oh, I like this one, so I do. Oh, I like this one. And what are you going to do in this regard? Uh, to be honest, I'll be uh, uh, like an um, innovative uh, like a coordinator, maybe. And uh, it's uh, like a fun for everybody. It's a creative project for students uh, in uh, participate uh, in. And uh, students can be involved in designing the flag, choosing the colors and the symbols. Uh, and yeah, that's fun. Good on you. Um, the first entry is from a fifth-year student. Yeah, uh, Ivan, Ivan actually. Uh, Ivan Machenko, yeah. Yeah, we only launched this Friday afternoon on, uh, mic- on our Microsoft Teams uh, platform just to see who would interact, and I've got entries straight away. So Ivan is uh, one of our students. He's actually from the Ukraine. So as you can see there, it's kind of a collage of colour with um, the Galway hooker, which is our, our symbol in the school, interspersed with our, uh, you know, the sea, the earth, and I think creative Green. thinking logos as well. Green, yeah. I'm telling you now, lads, you've your work cut out because Ivan is in first, so he is. Yeah. Who makes the ultimate decision on this um, design? 
There'll be uh, myself, Mr. Media. Uh, we'll have to look at the art department, obviously, and Galway Community College there, and obviously uh, Galway City Partnership. We we'll sit down and we'll uh, we we'll think about it. But it's it's like everything else, you know. It is a simple idea, but I often think it's a bit like the the Nike swoosh. Yeah, their logo. It's very simple but highly effective. So um, I don't think there's too many school flags. There, obviously there are some school flags but it's not something that you, you see flying a lot so we just want basically the kids to, to re, reset to refocus and, and look at look at the obvious um, uh, supports they get from us within the school we mm. are a community college so like our college is always open to you know residents throughout the city adult education PLC um, and we've we've uh, an open policy where we help support and love and care for, for every every element within society but you mentioned that Nike swoosh um, but they spent millions on that. Uh, you're did. not spending millions on this now, so you're not. Uh, no, but we, we, I always think with the Nike swoosh, you know, Phil Knight was uh, the, the founder of Nike. I, I often think about that board of directors where, you know, he probably paid all these highly intelligent marketing people and there could have been a, a, a person down the back just simply ticking away on a, on a piece of paper and said, Phil, what do you think of that? And eventually, yeah, it was... Um, it's become a highly effective brand, but like with graphics, it's still the simple swoosh. So you can see here, even with I, Ivan's work, that that's obviously taken a lot of time, a lot of creativity. It's a digital entry, but we're open to, um, you know, freehand entries, artistic entries, whatever. So we don't really have a whole lot of criteria on this. Uh, we All we ask is for the students to be creative, be original, um, but also to come along and have a five-line descriptor uh, in relation to uh, what the flag means. And, you know, empathy and, and community are kind of, you know, Mm. what we're looking for here. But, I mean, Galway Community College or as Monagisha Tech, I would have known it as in, in the early days, I mean, it's been embedded in the community, so it's part of the community. Very much so, you know, uh, and it, it was something which is kind of, you know, a little bit funny, I suppose. Sometimes it's hidden in plain sight that I, I did point out to the students that... Um, our school design is is uh, built around the concept of the Galway hooker. So we have the the hooker sails at our gates. We have them in the that kind of deep purple um, gable as you pass by our school. So it's right there, and it's it's only when people you know highlight these they think, oh yeah, actually I, I haven't yeah, noticed yeah, that too hours, often. Yeah. So it's just uh, you know it's a little bit fun idea, especially I suppose with the the hundred and seventy fifth anniversary of the tricolor, which at the time was revolutionary in the sense that it's about bringing, you know, the, the nationalists and unions together through through methods of peace. And then as we're looking at the Good Friday anniversary, you know, a little bit of rethinking and, and resetting and refocusing about who we are as a community, and I suppose as a city and a country, it's, it's, it's positive. So give me the timeline on this then, because we could have grandparents or parents of uh, students of Galway Community College that could say, did you put in that Designed yeah. for the new flag yet? Well, th that was actually also something we we're pushing with it. You know, uh, we're promoting the, the Dukas website, the project set up by uh, Eamon de Valera in 37 to encourage uh, family members to talk to uh, neighbours and friends about just events and ideas that inspire them in their own lives. So, 24th of March is going to be quick, short, and simple, <laughs> a bit like myself at times. Um, to try and get this idea, uh, get a fresh, a little bit of momentum. They'll obviously be reflecting and hopefully enjoying a, a nice, happy St. Patrick's weekend where they see loads of symbolism, loads of imagery, hopefully be inspired. And then the week to come back, they have a full week to, to put it together. And the 24th of March is when we're looking at it, uh, getting our, our winning entry. And then we'll sit down with the, some of our staff there, Mr. Melian, the Art Department of Gobble City Partnership select a winner and then we'll have to get uh, onto a local company to actually design the flag and then hopefully it'll be flying outside our school and top of Crow Patrick as well. 
Are you going to give me an idea as what what you'd like? What would you like to do as a as a design? What would you? you yeah. Any of you can take it. From but there. they might want to give away too much. Any ideas or inspiration? What would pop in there? What colors or anything at all? Uh, I sp- uh, yeah. red. Uh, like I uh, love um, the white one, uh, a piece, and um, a blue one. I think it's like a community because we have a really good and friendly community in our school and uh, I love my school <laughs> so red, white and blue what would you go for Kenny or is that a fair question to ask red, white, blue and maybe a little bit more green yeah ah. so you could collaborate then Les and you could carry the flag up together up the mountain yeah, are they allowed to collaborate yeah well, collaboration yeah we're always always supporting collaboration so we very little criteria on it as long as uh, as long as it's a unique design and also there was a little bit of trivia one of the students found out that there's uh, all all flags around the world are uh, rectangular except for three yeah. so we set that up as a little little uh, challenge for the students to figure out what three flags are not rectangular um, three national flags so they're doing a little bit of research on that as well it's a, it's a fun one and do you know the, do you know the answer to it I do yeah <laughs> uh, one is Nepal one, I think, is Switzerland, and the third one I blanked on. I'll have to check that one myself. I've written down my notebook. If I find my notebook, <laughs> is the next question. <laughs> yeah, right, we're, we're getting older. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, definitely, you know, yeah, we're yeah. getting older. Hopefully, wiser. Will you come in and bring us in the finished item? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we can even give you a phone call for the, for the base of uh, Crow Patrick there in, yeah. in May as well. Hopefully, the sun will be shining. And uh, this is even an idea. We, we had a thirty Nepal, students. Switzerland, and Latin city. Vatican City. Vatican City, that's correct. Yeah, I think it is. Another yeah. brain box outside the glass. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. You didn't even have to Google it. So See, they, they always say you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, just be surrounded by the smartest people in the room, and you're okay. Well, I'm okay yeah. on that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, even last week, we went up to the doll there with uh, 33 students that went up, and we actually talked to a number of God of Best politicians. We met them all, and we actually discussed this idea. They were very excited about the idea as well that we're kind of creating future leaders and, and good ideas within, within our school. Which is very important. Absolutely, yeah. Come back in again with us. So there's the three now, so you don't have to find... Don't don't waste time now looking no. <laughs> for, for the old notebook yeah. altogether. Girls, thanks indeed for popping in. Thanks us. very much for and, time. Uh, lovely to have you. So it's going to be... So it's going to be red for love, white for peace. It's going to be... Maybe blue for freshness or community, yeah. Blue yeah. and a little bit of green thrown in. Yeah, but it's open to every student to, to figure out what, what their idea is. I want to keep judge. talking up to these yeah, girls. That's yeah, that's true, yeah. Collaboration. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us thanks today, Philip. Good luck to you on that. And uh, we'll come back uh, to Galway Community College on that as well. Thanks for all of the uh, uh, times that you've given us uh, today. It's fairly well it for today. If you want to get any other statements into us in relation to Sultan Lachakara and that new development in uh, Rahun, Minklun and Rahun, uh, feel free to send them to comments at goldwaybfm.ie. That's comments at goldwaybfm.ie. But that is it for today. We're back July from Studio One tomorrow morning, starting just after uh, the... Um, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah, if I do that first. We're back to you tomorrow morning, just starting after the nine o'clock news. There's quite a bit of stuff coming into us uh, this morning, so we will come back to you tomorrow after the nine o'clock news. We have a full program for you already, and we'll give you full details on that as well. Keep an eye on other stuff that's happening in our city and county as well. Thank you to all who made today's program possible, to uh, John Morley who produced, to Siobhan who took your comments, and to all of our guests as well, including the team from Golden Community College. Until tomorrow, just after 9 o'clock news, have yourselves a good and a safe Monday. Bye-bye.
Galway Talks in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.